soft eugenics. Oh, they did actually sounds have- like. An 80s synth band. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> no, it's, I think it's only because I'm thinking about Eurythmics. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, thinking the same yeah. thing. But also, like, Whereas, like impotence was <laughs> a real significant problem in the mid-century. So you're you, you're right. Why? Because of the war, dear. Oh, because oh. they were thinking about the war. No, no, no. Because they were they dead. Were, no, 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 no. <laughs> so you know during World War so reproduce not, if you have no living. So you know during like <laughs> World War One. That's just you being dead. So you know during you know World War impotent? One how like yes, a lot of men had uh, like the shock. Yeah. Shock, which shock. we now know it's is PTSD. PTSD. Yes. That resulted in a lot of men not being able to get it up. And then you know how in World War Two there was the whole mustard gas situation. Oh yeah. That also results in a lot of men. Turns out, it's not very good. Yeah, so it's a real issue. That's a that's a shame. Yeah, a lot of soft men. Those were soft times. Um, and it's sad because they were also (laughs) veterans. So, like you know, you they're sensitive about being called soft. I don't uh, like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, this feels bad. (laughs) Those were soft times. No, but yeah, it's what a, are the Eurythmics again? What songs do they have? Um, oh yeah, what are, um, are they? The ones that are like Heaven must be there. You no, know, it's got to be there. Never um, keep going. Never only, need the, I'm gonna say no, only because I've never place. heard that song before in my life, <laughs> and I feel like you're making it up. Heaven must be there. No, I think that's the Eurogliders. Sweet dreams are made of oh, these. So I was confusing it with the Eurogliders. Well, way wait worse. a minute. Who's so is that? Green. Isn't that what's her face? That's not. Is that Eurythmics? Yeah. Who's the singer? Is it fucking Annie Lennox? Or am I wrong about that? Was she from something else? Lennox. Annie Lennox. Yeah, fucking, that's who it is. The music video is really cringe. Why do the white (laughs) girls go? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) What can you see? (laughs) Mr. Frodo. I the horizon. Also, one of my favourites, speaking about the feminism we were talking about earlier. Oh, I do. Yeah. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Sisters are Which is like, doing that's, it I feel like that's themselves. a more wholesome version of I Touch Myself. Yeah. Oh, is it about? Oh, it I is. don't know. It is to is me. It? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, you're that's right. the first thing that you thought of. There's, I think it reflects more on <laughs> do you me. Know how often I'm right? like, because I listened to that song when I was like, because I, I knew of that song when I was younger and I like think back to them and go like, wow, there's a lot more of those songs were about sex and masturbation than one would think. Yeah. And then you listen to them and you're like, wow. It's, wow. it's like not even subtextual, it's yeah. textual. This song is actually full of soft eugenics. Sweet uh, <laughs> <laughs> dreams mm. are made of stuff. <sighs> the music video is really cringe because it hadn't like done any slow motion or anything that we do with music videos now yeah. to make the motion kind of look It's surreal. kind of like if you look at the, the message to my girl clip by Split Ends and it's just yeah. like <laughs> Neil Finn just kind of going for a walk. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're just sort of sing, walking towards you real time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> singing one of the best songs. If we're though. talking about weird music videos, what about No Scrubs by TLC? Like, why are they in space? Here's my thing. I don't have any recollection of that. Okay, so they're you're in like, space. They're in fucking space. <laughs> space. It's just that's how far you have no to go scrub. to avoid scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, if you are anywhere closer to Earth than literal space, scrubs. Do you not remember they're wearing like the full silver? And it's like, I don't. And no, no, the cameras are pointing swing. up because it's the nineties and it's all like baggy stuff. Oh on yeah, the bottom. baggy stuff. Like, they look for and it's a fisheye lens and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. and then one of them's on a swing. Okay. Standing. They're in like a sci-fi just, context. Can I just ask, does a swing work in outer space? Well, they clearly G? got gravity. They must have done some sort of centrifugal uh, okay, force. Right. Right. Uh, like Hermes 2, that's uh, referenced oh to my God, the sorry. film The Martian. I see. Um, 
Hermes 2-esque. Yeah, the way they've really thought out the anti-grav there. That's yeah. great. That's a, for that real for film that based on video. real life. Was that from the era of music videos? It was like directed by. It was just like it had credits at the beginning. It was just like, dude, it's a 50 cent film clip. I just mean, play I the do think that it was it part over. of the where the ones which have like little cutscenes. Yeah. yeah. Like fucking Paramount brings you <laughs> into club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're going to read all of these books on Mike. Which one would you like to begin with? <laughs> I would like to read Dinosaurs, a very short introduction. because that's <laughs> as sounds, short as possible. That sounds like it's right up my alley. Ornithoceladon dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, the new Ornithoceladon clade includes two anatomically diverse. Welcome to the Music and Everything podcast, everybody. It's good to have you here. I'm awake. I just woke myself up. You gotta read this book. <laughs> it's a fucking thriller, man. It's a page turner. As you may have already guessed by what I just said and also the, literally the title of the episode, which you can see when you select it. <laughs> Today we're talking about the wonder, the magic, the majesty, and the, uh, the um, what is another? Absurdity? Absur and the absurdity and uh, unexpectedness. Yeah. The improbability <laughs> of dinosaurs. Um, yay, yay! We love dinosaurs. We do. We're were you a dinosaur kid, Samantha? Oh boy, am I? I'm a dinosaur adult. What are you talking about? Right, yeah, we're all, you are a dinosaur. I mean, I'm increasingly a dinosaur. Yeah, I mean, well, in, in both my age, appearance, and my values. <laughs> <laughs> the more I comment they're on trends in social media, yeah, they're becoming fossilized. Samuel, I know you were a dinosaur kid. Yes. Uh, what was you your favorite dinosaur? Go. Uh, Diplodocus. Diplodocus. That's so fucking. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> I could have just said that. What's, <laughs> yes. your, what's your favorite dinosaur? Um, like, to again, totally expectedly, Pachycephalosaurus. Oh. <laughs> Wait, which one's Pachycephalosaurus? They're the ones with the big domed heads that headbutt each other. Oh, <laughs> yes. Which, again, is me. Yes. So that's what was yours, Samantha? Triceratops. Triceratops. Oh, that's a classic. But was it be because of the movie Land Before Time? It was, because <laughs> I'm such a Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I love like our version of the Sex and the City <laughs> <Yeah>. self description. <laughs> land before time, land before characters. time characters. Yeah, and like I'm is Diplodocus in? I don't know Land Before Time. Yeah, so, no, it's like no Littlefoot no, is a it's before my he's time. He's not. A, he's not. He's not a Diplodocus. He's got a long no, neck. No, 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 no. Isn't he a long neck? He's a long neck. No, 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 no. Yeah, but he's... Diplodocus have the neck that goes long. He said he has... I thought those weren't real. Which one wasn't real? <laughs> or was it a Patasaurus that's like the Pluto of dinosaurs? A Patasaurus is what, lo was, is what Littlefoot is. He's an Apatosaurus. Fucking, there was one that they canned. They <laughs> no, 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 shit canned no, no. okay, the idea. No, I do want to... Like, this is a good place to start. So people thought the Brachiosaurus wasn't a real thing. Is the Brachiosaurus. But it is. Turns out it is. It got reinstated. It's, it's back. It got reinstated. So it's the same year. Okay, so I want you to know this. The same year that Pluto was demoted, which I have thoughts on, um, is the same year that Brachiosaurus was declared not a real dinosaur. They were just but cutting recently, shit out. Recently, recently, <laughs> contrarian era. They've decided it was a real thing. 
Mm. Good for them. So The contrarious period. So we managed to get Brachiosaurus back in. Back in the I'm game. Viva la Pluto. I'm starting the campaign now. So they used to think Diplodocus had, like, sorry, palms up. I just raised my arms yeah. directly up. Yeah. And that's not a thing we do here. <laughs> so it had its neck directly upwards, but then they realised that that would be physically impossible for it to hold its neck like that. Yeah, right. Um, so Brachiosaurus can do it because it's got, like, a sort of... Uh, so I was about to say zebra, giraffe-esque yeah. <laughs> like counterweight, counterweight yeah. system. Yeah, yeah. and like, place. but the Diplodocus doesn't. It's so long. Diplodocus like has to have a very long... It's an improbable animal. Yeah. Um, Samuel. Yes. Nice hat. Thank you. Wearing the hat, chief investigator today. You're going to be leading us, investigating. leading us through all of these <laughs> things uh, that we love so much. I'm sure there are a ton of listeners out there who are also dinosaur kids. Do you have an answer for why the fuck... <laughs> Are dinosaurs so fucking cool when you're six years old? I see. I I my, I gather that we I don't gather. really know. It's a record. Why this is the case? But there are lots of ideas. Um, one of them is I'll just before Samantha has her hand up. Right okay. Now. Yep. <laughs> it's very adorable. But before she has says anything, I'm going to say that there is sort of something to be said about um playing with something that feels like danger, but it's actually not danger. It's also a, uh, which is a thing kids really like to do. Yeah. Um, it's also a thing that takes I'm place in your tiger, entire. I'm the tiger. Yeah. yeah. But unlike tigers and stuff, it's a world of your entire imagination because you know that they don't really exist now. So they're like, a, they're like a fantasy world that you can kind of control. Yeah, right. As well, which is another thing kids really like. Samantha. My reckon. Your reckon. Which is based on paleontologists talking about this, um, is that it is a kind of area of knowledge that is actually able to be scaled down to kids so you can communicate to kids more easily about dinosaurs and fossils and all of that so it makes it much more accessible oh, kind of like the solar system like the solar system yeah. like so well, it's you, immensely complicated but we like, can just kind of break it down you to can like, kind of break it down to really key components but planets. also this one had spikes it's tactile <laughs> it's tactile you can touch so a you, usually you can touch like there's elements of like you are able to interact with it a lot more yeah. um and especially because like i mean at our museum there's like literally a whole play center at the museum which is just dinosaur theme yeah. and you can climb on the dinosaurs also they're just fucking sick they're just my, uh, my my youngest is is big into dinosaurs right now and she's two and a half so it's like mm. getting in early yeah <laughs> let's freaking do it sam tell me about things that aren't a reckon Tell me about dinosaur facts. Dinosaur facts. Start us off. Um, let's talk about um, when dinosaurs existed and what dinosaurs are. Should we clarify to our audience that they were real? And <laughs> I feel like we need to, off the bat, say that like the evidence that we have outweighs your need to be right, you <laughs> stupid, stupid cunt. Um, dinosaurs yeah, This existed. is the challenge as well because, you know, like a lot of things in science, they're based off hypothesizing. So, you know, we have some bones and then we think, oh, this must have, for this bone to make sense, it would have to be connected in this way. And then you extrapolate out until you've got a dinosaur. Yeah. Um, and the reason why our knowledge has improved so much is because we've gotten more evidence and then we've gotten better at interpreting the evidence. Right. So it is tough because we don't have a photograph of a dinosaur. <laughs> they were taking a lot why of selfies. Not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, because... They have free Instagram. Yeah, they died they really out sixty-six lived in the million years. Real ago. dark ages before right. social media. Okay. By the way, it's sixty-six now. You remember? Do you think it was, like it was social media that killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, might well, be ending us gradually. So. I mean, it's definitely. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry. Did, 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 <laughs> Sam, tell me facts. <laughs> tell me oh, by the way, um, a funny thing happened on the way to the store the other day. So let's zoom out for a moment. 
all the way to geological time. <laughs> uh, Starting <laughs> easy. Let's Yay. go. Geological time. Let's feel small. Okay, so we know names like Jurassic and Triassic. Um, mm, sure. Sure do. And they're related theme parks. So those are like, there's a Triassic period, Jurassic period. I'm <laughs> 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 already losing it. Yeah, okay, go. So <clears throat> the biggest geological time unit we use is eons. Okay. What's now, an for, eon? For perspective of how big an eon is, um, we are in the same eon as the dinosaurs were. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so that's where, we're, that's where we are. Um, and that is the Phanerozoic eon. eon. Um, and then you have a step down, that's eras. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're not in the same era as the dinosaurs. We're in the next era, which I think is Cenozoic. They're in the Mesozoic era. So the Mesozoic era is basically what we would colloquially call the dinosaur era. Um, what? Because Can I ask you why we need to... I suppose this, this is a stupid question. <laughs> You're welcome. But like, why, why do we need to measure things in eons if they're that big? Like, can't we just say fuck it? Um, I have a graph that could explain this, but to suffice to say, like just visually here, here's the eon we're in now. Okay. It's like, like, you know, like an inch. Yeah. And then imagine like an entire circle. Yeah. And that's all filled up with the age of the earth. Okay. So the is eons that the are is massive. And in fact, that eon is actually very small compared to the, the larger ones. But also, So why do we need to divide them? Because otherwise we are lost. Yeah. And I think that that also comes from like, um, basically the way that we conceive of like the, the existence of the universe is always in eons as well, because you okay. have to like- Because it's too big. It's just too big. It, is there a point, and um, this is the last question I have, mm-hmm. uh, where we go, fuck it. There's, there's no, wh- why worry? <laughs> why worry? <laughs> this is too existentially frightening. Like science finally reaches a point where we, our understanding of the size and age of the universe <laughs> makes us just go, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> I do feel like we're kind of reaching it's, that point yeah, right now. Yeah, you like, know what? Ages ago was I the take next. It all back. <laughs> yeah, like, look, it was like... It was, it was we a- measure in eons and then just... Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so that's an era, Mesozoic era. Uh, the next one down is the is the, the period. So that's Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous. So, so the Mesozoic era yeah. is in our current eon yes. and is broken down into those three segments, which exactly. are... Um, Jurassic, Cretaceous, Triassic. Uh, periods. Yeah, periods. Periods, yeah. And, and then obviously there's a few steps down from there. The only really step down for there that matters too much is Epoch, which is late and early. So like late Jurassic. Okay. Because we ha- cause it's so long. Like so a Diplodocus. Long. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's kind of handy to keep in mind because of the story of where dinosaurs come from. So the, it's the beginning of the Mesozoic period, the Triassic period. Now this is 252 million years ago. Um, so just, just think about that for a minute. Okay, so if you think about a million years... It's 250 of those. Yeah, because how long have humans been around? Like uh, 20 bucks. 20 bucks, a few hundred thousand years. I love how you're looking at me as though I'm going to know this off the top of my head. I was just hoping you would know. If we hark back to our episode on sewing. um, (laughs) (laughs) A while. So what um, the the sort of um, boundary point of this era, the Mesozoic era and the Triassic period, is the Permian extinction event. And that's the end of the Permian period. So... Um, so wait, Permian, wait, wait. Is the Permian period before yes. the Mesozoic era? Yes. So it's so in the a different period era. Is like at that point, life is, is has multiplied hugely. It's like Earth has never been more populous with different varieties of life. Huge biodiversity was amazing. And then it's like, oh shit, everything's dead, as Bill Wirtz says in the history of the world. <laughs> uh, um, so, and everything's dead pre-dinosaurs. Pre-dinosaurs. 
So oh, what happened no. was the Facebook extension strikes again. So it's also colloquially known as the Great Dying. Um, okay, that's fucking. First of all, next album. Time. Yeah, I was like, that's great. <laughs> that is easy. Doom. Um, me, me at three thirty p.m. every day. <laughs> so seventy percent of all land species die out. Why? I'm not done. Eighty-one percent <laughs> of marine species. Eighty-one percent of life in the oceans dies. So that's to put it in another way. So you know how you've got like um, a genus, so that's a species, and the next step up is a genius, a group of a genius, yeah. a, a group of genius. <laughs> Above every species is a genius. Yeah. No, is a genus, and that's a group of the species. Eight, like eighty-three percent of all of those were gone. What the fuck? Um, now, what we think caused this was volcanoes, because volcanoes were way more active back then. So one of these just exploded in such an enormous, unfathomable way that it created the Siberian um, steps. <laughs> Siberian traps. The if you looked at yeah, yeah, if you look at it on a map, you go, Oh my god. <laughs> that so conveys any, the and scale. And it would have what? Like it was us that scorched the sky. It yeah, was pretty like, much. But it's not just like scorching the sky. This it's is also, the desert of the real. Yeah. <laughs> so atmospheric CO2. So it's um, huh. the greenhouse effect and global warming. So but this one caused by a volcano. So it rose from four hundred parts per million to 2,500 parts per million. That sounds deadly. Now, for comparison, pre-industrial revolution, like just 150 years ago, 280 parts per million. And what we're dealing with now is around 415 parts per million. And it was, and that's already it reached, doing harm. You know, yes, and it reached 2,500 parts per million. It was not a good time to be alive. No, so people wasn't. just decided to die. <laughs> and so they just gave up. And, and, it, was, and it, it was like, great. It, it was wasn't like snap dying. your fingers and like, oh, now everything's dead. It's more like it, it took like a millennia. A millennium of fucking choking to death. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And yeah. large animals died out, but the ones that survived were tough as fuck reptiles. Crocodiles. And this, yeah, yes, yes. So this was the group called the Archosaurs. All life in northern Queensland um, survived. <laughs> <laughs> the cassowary. <laughs> yeah. The, di- uh, the crocodile. Yeah, the renowned fucking uh, alligator crocodile variant, the cassowary. <laughs> yeah, so Archosaurs were a whole bunch of big reptiles, which included crocs, which included dinosaurs. Um, Can I just say? So they, they're the ones that evolved to survive the hot, arid conditions that followed through the Triassic period. So can I just say that, like, okay, I'll ask you the question now. Do crocodiles, like modern crocodiles, are they close to animals of this era? Like that are the crocodile kind of equivalents? Like, yeah, they're, they're, that's why they're called like um, crocodiliforms and stuff. Right. Because so they've it's just, a good build. They've just fucking... It's a good build. It's the metal. Fucking nailed it first, well, no, it's like, um, It's like horseshoe crabs. Horseshoe oh. crabs predate dinosaurs and are still around. I'm going to pull, up a, <laughs> I'm gonna pull up a photo of a horseshoe crab. Which, yeah, and then we'll put it on Instagram we'll because on. no one can see <laughs> this. No, but I, you I need feel to see like, it. I feel like I need to repeat this every episode. <laughs> I need to show you... The more things we put on Instagram, the closer we are to the great dying. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a whole bunch of big... So forget Crocs for a moment, as we I try to every day. That's cute. Yeah, horseshoe, horseshoe crab. You know what's not cute about them? They're actually closer to arachnids than other... Oh, they're like a little trilobite spider. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Also, aren't they like a meter spider wide bite. or something? Like yeah, that? they're really big. They're like really and they're big? impossibly ancient because just they can't oh, die. Apparently. Actually, see... Can't the extinction of Do not look the, at the underside of them. That's... Okay, that's, that's a bad idea. creepy. Keep in mind, this guy's survived the Permian extinction event, which is the biggest extinction event the Earth has faced. Fuck a duck. Um, okay, so we've got, we've got these guys, but we've got big reptiles... 
that if you looked at them, they look like dinosaurs, but they're not dinosaurs. They're on all four legs. Mm-hmm. Um, they appear in the first episode of Walking with Dinosaurs, the documentary from 1999. There's a whole bunch of them. So they're in the Arkansas. Is that worth going back to and checking out? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Despite the aged CGI? I, I, want to, I want to talk in great length about okay, that. Okay, great, sorry. We'll, You're not going to be able we'll to come stop back to me. it. We'll come back to it. <laughs> Um, this is why I like the Diplodocus, damn it. You know what, um, I'm, I'm glad the Brachiosaurus is back. <laughs> I, for one, am glad. But then a group of these archosaur reptiles evolved that um, were on hind legs. Right. And which meant that they could run. Yeah. So, and they're quite small at this stage. So they're little like slinky boys. Wait, wouldn't, I mean, like, can't you run with four legs? Yeah, but you could run faster with two. You could run way faster with two. Is this where we start Because you could be slender in aerodynamic. Right. Is this where we also start seeing the difference between the lizard hip, bird hip confusion? I don't think so. I think that evolves later. later. Because so we'll, I'll get into that in a second. So yeah, because that's the, fucked. So then you've got that. these different groups. So dinosaurs are actually a minority group in the Triassic. They're not like the group. There's right. a whole bunch of other reptiles. Okay. And, and the crocodiles and stuff as well. Yeah, nice. And then what happens is, so the Triassic lasts for about 50 million years and then around 200 million years ago, um, there's the Triassic-Jurassic mass extinction event. Um, Joy! Which in which volcanoes once again erupt and all of the archosaurs die off except for dinosaurs and crocs. Nailed it. They're still keeping on. Because crocodiles yeah. are just a good build, don't change a thing. They're the cockroaches yeah. of the lizard world. Yep. And dinosaurs were fast and Crocodiles. nimble. Crocodiles. <laughs> Sorry. Dino- dinosaurs were fast and nimble, the little ones, and so they could survive. And so then we entered the okay. Jurassic period. The Jurassic period is when dinosaurs become the most dominant vertebrates and they on get, the planet. And they get big. And they get big. They get real big. They'll get real big. So this is when we know what a dinosaur is. So they're like a reptile that's this particular um, kind, one that has like erect hind legs. And what we mean by that is like, so picture like a chameleon. Like other lizards, the comedian. they've got their like splayed hind legs. They're like, oh, like their legs are on their just, side. They're having like, fun out there. Yeah, yeah. Erect hind legs are more like ours, so they like stand up. They can stand up straight, and that's yeah, right. that's necessary for being bipedal. Okay. So all dinosaurs, even the ones that were quadrupeds, were kind of evolved from bipedal. Bipedal. Yeah. So they all just, they, that's they why just they like, all have the straight hind legs. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to yeah. lie down. Um, and so this is when they start just evolving doing push-ups into. To stay there. <laughs> Um, huge amounts of stuff. They're also like warm-blooded for the most part. So they're warm-blooded really? reptiles. Uh, do we have those now? Sam? I don't think so. No. So the, okay, so yeah, the warm-blooded reptiles, the uh, paleontologists originally in the 19th century believed them to be cold-blooded because they were like, well, all we know about reptiles, lizardy boys. Okay, well, that they, I mean, that's the obvious. So that's the obvious thing. That goes without saying. So yeah. they thought they were just these big lizards that were really placid. They never envisaged them as monsters that could chase you because they were like, they couldn't possibly have the metabolism to do that. If they were cold-blooded, they couldn't have right. the energy. They'd have to conserve it to stay warm. I see. Um, and then, well, then they, the more they discovered about the animals, they realized they couldn't possibly do anything. Like this is clearly a sprinting animal and stuff like that. This is clearly a carnivorous animal. They, they had to be endothermic or at least yeah. the really big ones had to basically be cold-blooded, but you're so big that who cares? Who gives um, a fuck? There's yeah. a technical term for that, but that's basically the can, summary. Can I just have, I mean, before we go any further, can I just have a little, just a little etymology sidebar? Um, a short break. Um, for the listeners who don't know this, and a lot of, if we were dinosaur kids, of course we do. What's the etymology of the word dinosaur? What does it mean? It means terrible lizard. Yeah, they suck. They suck. They fucking suck. I actually suck. forgot which one it's like, because they're often combinations of Latin and Greek mm-hmm. dinosaur names. So I don't remember if that one's entirely Latin or not. Well, I think Tyrannosaurus rex is a, is a jumble. Rex being from the Latin and Tyrannosaurus being from the... That's the definitely Greek. a yeah, jumble. Yeah, that's a yeah. mixture. So I think they're commonly a, a jumble. Mm. Right. 
Uh, I hope that that's true. I hope that that's not something that I've just been told and I've lived with my whole life. Do you want me to do an etymology check? Can you do an etymology fucking justification, please? Keep talking about that. So here's the thing. We say warm-blooded reptiles and they're laying hard eggs, right? Uh, The reason why they were struggling to figure out if they were warm-blooded is because we based our definition of life in Western biology in that time period on what existed at the time. It wasn't designed for prehistoric animals that are extinct. Because no one had looked at that yet. Hey, we're right. That's a thumbs up. Yay. Yay. Approved. Yeah, dinosaurs suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the, so, and that's from the 1700s, that whole, like, you know, might be familiar with, like, the sort of class system. we got reptiles and birds and mammals. mammals. Mm-hmm. Marsupials. Some other stuff. Monotremes. Like, if like, you want to get fucking saucy the, about it. It's the food it. pyramid of the animal king. <laughs> but the thing is... Reptiles are sometimes food. Dinosaurs <laughs> do not fit well into that. And that's why... In a lot of ways, when you're looking at extinct animals, it's better to think of it um, as a family tree. And that's called phylogenetic um, classification, So, which is just a fancy way of saying family tree. Right. So we can define dinosaurs as a group of animals that all share a common ancestor. Yeah. So shared ancestry is yes. phylogenetics. Yes. Right. So that's when people talk about like our ape cousins and whatnot. Yeah. We sort of a divergence from a common ancestor. Yeah. And that's yeah. Cl- that forms what they call a clade. So like dinosaurs are a clade. Dinosauria uh-huh. is the name of a clade right. of dinosaurs that all share that thing. Um, so they share these things. Warm-blooded reptiles, erectile legs, laying hard eggs. There's a few important things that we can make of this, which I think you people will very much enjoy. I mean, you people. You people. (laughs) You people in front of me. Okay. One, pterosaurs are not dinosaurs. Fuck you. How dare you? (laughs) Eat shit. How fucking dare you? (laughs) I didn't expect that to be so aggressive. (laughs) I can't deal with this. Pluto being and the Brachiosaurus (laughs) thing and now this. Yeah. How Te- dare you? So as, as in, in the pterosaurs, as in like as in the pterosaurs, flying. as in pterosaurs. Yeah. yeah. Pterosaurs. Like Which just means like winged lizards. And Quetzalcoatlus and all the other f- scary fucking ones. Yep. They're not dinosaurs. <laughs> That's wrong. There what were are very they? few flying dinosaurs. There were a couple that could glide. They're but chickens. <laughs> the pterosaurs. What are they? They're birds? The pterosaurs are fellow archosaurs. Oh, so they so survived. So the archosaurs are the pterosaurs. Um, plesiosaurs, which also aren't dinosaurs. Yeah. Plesiosaurs, dinosaurs, crocodiles, turtles. Plesiosaurs just wanted everyone to get along. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> it's going to happen, Sam. Also, I love the turtles are still up there, like turtles. They're just turtles. They're just turtles yeah, there. Fucking, yeah. They're just like, fuck it, we did okay. it. Okay. There's Dor- another Duga. important thing about the phylogenetic tree is that if we're grouping these animals together by their shared lineage and shared characteristics, uh, it's not gross. just that birds evolved from dinosaurs. Birds are dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> the dinosaurs actually never went extinct. Uh, I don't like that. So yeah, because like it it's become sense. common knowledge, right? It's fairly common knowledge that birds evolved from dinosaurs. So we I was right that. when I said cassowary. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. were exactly right. They are like cassowaries are in fact. I'm not just saying like, oh, they're so they're dinosaurs. Am I right? Like <laughs> they are literally biologically classified by modern biology as dinosaurs. Ah. Oh. That's so sick. Why doesn't anybody tell you that? That'd make you more afraid of <laughs> birds. Yeah, so that's why when we're talking about dinosaurs in this episode, we're really talking about extinct non-avian dinosaurs is the term. Non-avian. Because modern dinosaurs that survived were the ones that evolved into birds. And they are actually the ones that evolved from theropods, the group of carnivores like T-Rex and um, rap- Velociraptor. So when you see a little duck... Yep. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah, look at the duck's Hanging toes. out and just fucking being a duck. You have to run. You have to run. Because <laughs> it's a dinosaur. You have to run. Yeah, look at it, the duck's toes. They're webbed. Yeah. But there's three toes. Theropod, three toes. 
Okay. T-Rex, Velociraptor. Got the three toes. Three toes. Scrub turkey. The Australian scrub turkey. My favourite. Three toes. Right. They're theropods. They're not evolved from theropods. They are theropods. So they do you are archosaurs. Much like the Australian scrub turkey. Do you think that dinosaurs just spent most of their time scratching in the dirt and being dumb? Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> that reminds us. You get in pre- the it reminds us. It reminds us. <laughs> it reminds us. <laughs> um, so okay, so we do you want to do just a quick tangent oh, to documentaries? Yes. So oh, yes. we've got Walking with Dinosaurs was one of the early documentaries that was actually reshaping the way that we view dinosaurs. And yeah. then recently, like in 2019, I think this was no, released. No, 2021. 2021. Uh, BBC released a documentary called Prehistoric Planet narrated by David Attenborough, our, our you know, my true, dude. our true god. My main man. Um, which is completely reshaping our perception of dinosaurs based on new developments. One of the things that we see in that is a dinosaur, Scritch, like a motherfucking turkey. <laughs> Scritches. Scritch is not a word. Scritch if it's a word. It's not a word. They scratch you back. Scritch. But it was like, it was I, I so I literally fell out of my chair with we like, shock and laughter <laughs> because it was exactly what scrub turkeys do That's every single day. So, so it, it, was a, it was a carnotaurus. It was a carnotaurus. Carnotaurus. Right. Carnotaurus. Yes, Carnotaurus. Right. Which ball. was in the um, Patagonia exhibition that we saw. Yeah. So it was one of those like big scary the ones with the with the sort of nubbins on there. Oh yeah. And the like the and he was because they have nubbins that scritch. <laughs> yeah. They have nubbins on their face. We need a, like a and translator. They have little tiny flappy arms that don't do anything. Oh nice. Um, but apparently they do like bird of paradise style dances. Is what is being depicted in this documentary? That's hot. But so. Well, they, what they realized is that the tiny arms that the animal had was had socket joints to rotate, but it, they were so tiny to be useless. So the only thing they could think they would be good at is doing like this. They're just like <laughs> walking around going X time and like just fucking with a plunger on the end of one hand. But I think it's really interesting looking Spinnies. comparing these two because for the research for the, the arduous research for this podcast, we had to watch these documentaries. It was oh, you got so to sit through what a slog! Oh, God. <laughs> amazing. But it was really. Fascinating because we started with Walking with Dinosaurs. I'd never seen yeah. it. Sam's in love with that uh, yeah, well, whole program. Yeah, well, it was a thing that like every time I was sick at, from sick from school. Yeah, like, but it's it, just what I would watch over and over again. Such good on VHS. They did such good paleontology by because yeah. they allowed. It was basically the first time that they used computer modeling to get a sense of how a dinosaur could actually physically move because. Yeah, yeah. Right they had like the bones all put into a computer model. And this is how we discovered the Diplodocus is straight across because the guy was like, the neck bone doesn't bend like that. Like yeah. that's just not possible yeah. based on what you've given me. Mm-hmm. I can't make that neck go up. Like it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Well, so walking with dinosaurs was amazing because, um, and you know, like some of it doesn't hold up as much obviously because it's quite old now, but um, they that were basically inspired by Jurassic Park because they saw Jurassic Park and they were like, these are the most real. Those are the most realistic dinosaurs that were ever produced at the time, um, and they thought, let's do that as a documentary. And it was the first time that somebody had the idea of doing a sort of fake documentary about dinosaurs, where mm. it's imagining that a cameraman is is following them to the point where there'll be like special night vision allows us to see the, <laughs> the dinosaurs yeah. at night. But it was like, also the first time they were depicting them as animals and not as yeah. monsters or beasts. Like they were right. actually trying to approach them with the same way that we approach tigers and lions. Can I like- just say though that that attitude is probably fair? I mean like yeah. the interest that Patagonia exhibit, I'm glad you brought that up because that was some shit that I have never seen in my life. Like dinosaurs be big. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're large, but I have never seen, these are like the gigantosaurs. Like these are, yeah. these, 
the the one that looked kind of like a brachiosaurus, like there was there was one that was Patago Titan. Patago Titan, yep. a- accurately named because it's from there and it's massive. But like <laughs> you're standing underneath Big thing it, from here. Like you've, st- you've we've we've all gone to museums. When I say we've all, I mean the three of us. I hope you have too, listener. But like standing underneath this thing was like nothing I've ever seen. I was dwarfed. I was humbled. I yeah. was. It was fucking unreal. You how never big have it was. felt so insignificant. By standing under the oh, tail. <laughs> I have, oh, <laughs> trust, yeah, me. trust me, I've been there. <laughs> and just knowing that if, if it ever, you look at the size of its tail, and this thing weighed like 90 tons in total. Yeah. Um, it was so big that the museum roof, they had to actually remove bits of the yeah. ceiling to fit its, its head. Because it's so fucking big. Um, but if it just hit you with its tail, that tail would be like 20 tons or something. You're dead. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing. Like, if, you, if, if an animal's thigh bone is like twice as big as you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how just it, one of its leg it bones. It just felt massive it was yeah. like standing underneath that i felt dwarf so I, again i've had that experience as a kid with dinosaurs but as an adult you go and look and you go yeah. like it's a very big animal this was something else this was alien i walked know? into that exhibit really expecting to be like yeah, i was gonna have some childlike wonder for sure i was gonna uh-huh. nerd out a bit but i i didn't expect to be quite as moved as i was because oh, yeah. not just from standing beneath big like skeletons and stuff but they had sections where like here's a piece of the animal's skin and it was like a representation of the fossilized skin large yeah. piece so that you could actually feel the patterns. Yes. And touching it was like, oh my, and you have this sudden like shiver through your body because you go like, that's a, that's a real creature that lived. Well, I mean, the thing is I went with my kids and my eldest was there and I sort of took her through and they actually had some fossils there, not just like, they, they had all the recreations and stuff like that to, to show you the full dinosaur, but they had actual fossils behind glass and stuff and sitting her down, like squatting next to it and going, I want you to know that that right there mm used to be a leg of an actual dinosaur and just to watch her face go what the fuck yeah because from a kid's perspective as well it's like this has been a fantasy fun thing ah dinosaurs they're a fun thing to imagine that is real it's like it was real there it is in front of you Mm. by the way just to to clarify patagonia is like sort of it's south america i think it's like northern um Argentina area. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think some from a fossil perspective, it's in other parts of the world as well because it used to be combined. Oh, of the course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Like, but and some yeah. of them were big enough just to stretch. <laughs> but it's where just massive <laughs> creatures were. <laughs> but yeah, so walking with dinosaurs changed the game. Yeah. And now, because of more and more and more research, more and more discovery and a deeper integration of new technology into paleontology, yeah. which we'll talk about paleontology later, but um, prehistoric planet is doing something absolutely unique and incredible because one, feathered dinosaurs. It's a thing. We all need to get on board with this. Dinosaurs were feathered most of the time. They have- Fabulosaurus. Fabulosaurus indeed. So velociraptors looking kind of like birds. Yeah. Well, the velociraptor was great because um, we now know a lot more about the velociraptor than we used to and it's nothing like- what we know. It's not <laughs> it's Jurassic Park, that's yeah. for sure. But I mean, they, they made like a bigger variant of it for that to make them yes. a bit scarier. Well, it's actually, it's a little bit worse than that because Michael Crichton, when he wrote the book, um, was consulting with somebody, uh, no, um, archaeologist, no, paleontologist about um, Deinonychus. Which is my second favorite dinosaur, by the way. Yeah, which is like, the Deinonychus is a lot more like, it's the closest thing really kind of to the Jurassic Park Velociraptor. Yeah, but, except it had a big, massive claw on its foot. Like, big, 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 big yeah, boy. Yeah. Michael Crichton was like, I'm going to use the name Velociraptor because it sounds cooler. Because it's tight. Because it's a great name. And it then is. the movie did the same thing. 
And so now we know that well, Velociraptor is nothing like that. Deinonychus is actually smaller. The only thing that's even close to that size as what you see in the movie is the Utah Raptor. Right. Then Velociraptors are like kind of a little bit bigger than a dog. Yeah, right. they're about... They're really small. They're about like... And they look kind of like, you know, a turkey. <laughs> so I love the idea that it's just like <laughs> that scene with the with the guy with the gun, you know, the clever girl scene. He just looks over and he's just, oh, good girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really, really feathered. And so like imagine they've got their little dinosaur arms, mm-hmm. but they've got like uh, feathered like crest okay, 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 quick question. Um, like a wing. How did we reach... This place so, of feathers. Feathers. So there were several several things came through with this. So um, one, they actually found preserved in amber a tail of a of a dinosaur from a certain region that was feathered completely. Right. Like it's fully preserved. So and that, now we also know they like to stick their tail in stuff. Well, the theory is that they got <laughs> stuck and then they died. It's sad. sad. So there's that. But also um, there's something really interesting about um, particularly the kind of um, Pigments in feathers, okay. the, the way that it retains, it actually retains better than pigment in skin. And so they've actually been able to get colour from fossils, but the only way they would have been able to do that is if they were feathers. Wow. Because yeah. of the way that the, 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 melan- the melanin packets of the various different colours preserves in feather is different to skin. Isn't it in some and cases that's too? Shit moment, isn't that's it? fucking wild. That they have evidence of the, of the sort of um, pockmarks of, of like the of, sockets. Yeah, and they have evidence of that. And also yeah. there's a lot of like... When you finally get fully, like, because like, not a lot of fossils are fully articulated, meaning completely connected. A lot of fossils comes from, like, you find a bone here and you find a bone there and then they kind of piece it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we have managed, there has been sort of development of finding more articulated um, fossil remains. And in that, you get to see sort of, like, more of a detailed way the thing's connected. And I think with the Velociraptor, the presentation in the documentary does a really good job of demonstrating that it would make sense they would need some feathers for stabilisation because of the way that they move and where they found them. It's like, well, they're having balance. They need balance. So they need need something. So they sort of portrayed them, like... um Fluffing like a turkey off a, an, off a cliff, a, off an edge. Well, what it does is it makes the little arms make sense. Yeah, so yeah, well, it make more visual sense. I should yeah, know. and so and another, of course, like T Rex and stuff didn't have feathers. A lot of the big ones didn't no. because they would have been too hot. Yes, so oh, they, that they might still have been have why the they had the little shape. arms because they would might have had the little wings. Well, because yeah. there's there's, uh, there's cousins to the T Rexes that they found in Northern America that are slightly feathered. Remember yes. the scene with the Triceratops oh, yeah. um, and Nanukasaurus. the Nanukasaurus. Yeah, it's like an Arctic. T-Rex. It's an Arctic right. and they and are slightly feathered. Wow. So and, and so it's a lot about like figuring out the climate, figuring out um, sort of seeing fully articulated remains, finding this evidence that feathers did exist mm. um, and piecing it all together. And it is it is very much like it's a piecing, piecing together and like it takes so long and that's why it's taken from Jurassic Park to Walking with Dinosaurs to Prehistoric Planet mm. for us to actually get the fact that like T-Rex had lips because of course oh, they yeah, did. Yeah. I forgot about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had lips. Yeah, yeah. So they apparently originally were seen as having lips because the thing is most lizards have lips. Yeah, like think of a Komodo so dragon. I, if, if anyone's confused about what I mean by lizard lips here, like imagine your classic Jurassic Park T-Rex. You see all the teeth. Its teeth are bare. Its teeth are bare. That's because yeah. there's no lips covering it. And it looks bad. Yeah, yeah. So the part of the reason why they kept that is because of betrayals in cinema because it was so reinforced that that's what a T-Rex looked like. 
Um, right. And that so there was sort of a resistance to the well, idea. I think the idea that it's like Steven Spielberg changing the way the universe views dinosaurs. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's exactly. Cool. Well, everyone thinks a Velociraptor looks a certain way, and we yeah. know it doesn't mm. act like that at all. It's probably not that smart either. Yeah, it's a tiny little turkey thing. Stupid girl. So that's that's the depiction of the T Rex. You okay. see, it's much more like lizards. I kind of like. Um, okay, we'll put that on like Instagram as well. Like. He's in, yeah. They made the T-Rexes stuff really lean because they wanted it unit. to look scary. Yeah. And then, like... And also, the they more... don't feed them at the park. You know, they're not being very nice <laughs> But these them. creatures, like, they're really, really big. They were portrayed as these terrible hunters. You see them in movies. They'll always run really fast and then grab you and take you. And I'm like, they did a small amount of hunting, but they were dominantly scavengers. That's the modern science on T-Rexes. They were dominantly scavenging. Yeah. Just, they were too big to do any of that shit. Mm. Unlike a Velociraptor, which is a little fast boy. Well, yeah. like an Allosaurus or something like an that. An Allosaurus. An Allosaurus. Yeah, I know the names sprint. of dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. But, like, a T-Rex couldn't do that as easily. So, mm. well, mind you, the T-Rex is because it's a theropod, have hollow bones. That's where the birds get, modern oh. birds get it from. And what's fun is that then other dinosaurs could turn to it for advice. A theropod? Oh, because it's a therapy, a yeah. Because of, of the joke. So you can't hear me rolling my head. <laughs> I think I did hear you rolling yeah. your eyes just now. It, is it possible that that's vocal? Ther, thera, ther, like therapy. When yeah. a ther, like a therapist? When the we joke started is watching. that it sounds like... Fuck, stop. Please. <laughs> when we started to watch Prehistoric Planet, um, I was awed to the point of tears uh, and I was moved to the point. I like, you know, like, you know, when you finish mm. something really powerful and you like don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. Um, and then you're processing it for days. Because it's not just that like, obviously you've got modern CGI going on here where I'm just expecting because of walking with dinosaurs because of previous things. My image of what dinosaurs are, are kind of slightly aged CGI. Yes. So these are obviously extremely realistic and amazing. Mm -hmm. But it's not just the, the quality of the imagery. It's the fact that they're portrayed as animals and the fact that they've so much thought and detail has gone into how they behave, the way their eyes move. Mm. Like uh, the one of the ones where I nearly just actually cry was seeing the little baby T-Rexes, which are probably some of the most believable in, like computer generated animals I've little ever seen. They're really cute. Yeah. They're so cute because also they're little, they're slightly, um, they got, um, so you know, like a chick that has like the little dander? Yeah. They're covered in little oh, dander because so they need to keep yeah. warm. Little babies eating the dead. Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, and they show that, but it's so, it's so beautiful and they, they do correct a few of the things from like the, the plesiosaur situation that was presented in Walking with Dinosaurs oh, yeah. is it That's real? So, a lot of things with Walking with Dinosaurs hold up. One of the things that really doesn't and it's very conspicuous is in the water episode. Yeah. Um, there's the, uh, the Lyplerodon. And it's like the largest carnivore ever to be, you know, existing on Excellent the planet. Excellent Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> <laughs> big meat. And big meat. And it, it was, was portrayed like as this titanic creature. It's ridiculous. And the modern science is like, it was like the size of a normal plesiosaur. It was like really not that big. Oh, right. <laughs> it's okay. actually just a regular plesiosaur. Yeah. Yeah. Just really hyping it up. Yeah. So these things happen because we, you know, Well, we learn new continues. things. You know, paleontology is a really evolving field. Like it, ha. I say that because uh, you, you don't even know why I'm laughing. You nah. don't even know. But the pterosaurs <laughs> as well. So the pterosaurs in Prehistoric Planet, every single time one shows up on screen, I freak out. And the reason is... Do you have a photo of one of them? Do I have a photo of one is of them? Is it relevant to bring a photo of them? Right? Do you guys want to see the photo? No, we will put it on the Instagram, but you need to see the pterosaurs from What's Prehistoric Planet. What's on my laptop? Planet. Open oh, it up. So like the... It's what makes them scary to me is not because, oh, it's not the usual, oh, what a grizzly creature that's coming to eat me. It's because it's the first time I've seen a pterosaur and gone, I believe 
it that it's a hunter i believe it exists real yeah um it's got this very like bird-like way of eating and Mm. also for the first time they've because the modern science and pterosaurs is like well they weren't actually um lumbering on land they could actually walk normally and they have this sort of that's a horror show okay Um, we're gonna put a photo of that horror show on instagram that is quetzalcoatlus quetzalcoatlus it was 30 oh 30 feet long no that doesn't sound right yeah get those dimensions but um, I mean, because uh, it was so massive. It was 18 feet tall, so that's 5.5 meters tall, and its wingspan was about 36 feet, which is about 10 to 11 meters. So wide. when it's standing on land, which it often did to, to go, uh, like get certain food and eat to baby pterosaurs, eat baby which ter- they showed us, <laughs> and that was a choice this documentary made. It's not like that actually happened. They weren't filming it. <laughs> they chose the tragedy. <laughs> like they chose like, oh, this one wasn't so lucky. I'm like, you did this. You son of a bitch. <laughs> The Quetzalcoatlus is like, and when it's laying its eggs or whatever. So it's walking around on these sort of weird alien-like stilt legs. So just imagining that it's 18 feet tall. It's like the wheelers from Return to Oz. No, I don't know that. I don't know Return to Oz. Okay, but there's a listener out there going like, oh God. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's honestly terrifying because it's got this, like its face, I'm pretty sure that the, the whole, its face is like, two or three metres long. Like, it's, like, the whole beak situation it's got. Right. Because it's got this big crest on its head and this long beak and it's so... It's kind of awesome because they're not presenting it like a lizard. They're doing something so different with the depiction of the pterosaurs in, the, yeah. in this. Because they're only distantly related to dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. They're a like giant cousins. cliff that is a bird. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. It's huge. And there's actually... There was some new... Dinosaurs that I hadn't seen before because they've discovered new things since walking with dinosaurs. Like the, 1999. Like the weird, the, like the weird swamp guy. Oh my god! Do you have a photo of him too? I do. Swamp Guys, you've got to look at this photo. Well, we've got the name of it. So, has it got the name of it? What then? is the name of this dinosaur? Dino. Dino. Dinocarius. You know what it looks like? You know what it looks exactly <laughs> like? It looks like Snuffleupagus. Oh, oh it does too. So this is a massive Sesame creature Street. and it's got a crest hump thing and it's covered in like hair like a... It's like a camel that is going <laughs> to a costume party as Snuffleupagus from It's like Sesame a Street. platypus that's been enlarged. And yeah. put into a cassowary. By Captain America's serum. Okay. And is now living... And it lives in a swamp, just always half submerged in water. Okay. It's like a sloth duck. It's like a sloth duck. <laughs> so How many like A can we it's, do? It's um, 4.4 metres tall, 11 oh, metres long, and 6.5 metric tons. I see. She And it just eats big. seaweed in the, the lake. I, yeah, and like knocks doesn't down it, trees because it likes to scratch. Well, presu- yeah. We presume it likes to scratch because it would be covered in hair and in a lake, so therefore covered in mosquitoes, mosquitoes yeah. and would invariably need to scratch and scratch yeah. its back. Are mosquitoes one of the survivors? Uh, they are. Mosquitoes. mosquitoes have been here the whole time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so many things of like dinosaurs the true would have been plagued by mosquitoes. fucking owners of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> mosquitoes. They will continue to be. The true owners of the earth. Yeah. That's a really interesting... That's another, another album segue, title. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go. Well, it's because... Part of the fascination with dinosaurs, and this especially applies to like your early 20th century, like, see the terrors of the past sort of <laughs> shit. <laughs> is, that, is that how they spoke in 1900? Is that is that the voice? On I, mic, yeah. I buy it. At the microphone, do your work. Um, uh, and I love it. So there's this idea that like, uh, and this is the fascination with T-Rex as well. Even though T-Rex is just this big lumpy scavenger we know now, but like it was just like the king of all tyrannic lizards. 
and it used to rule the earth, but then was laid to waste by the extinction. And now the earth is owned by man. Mm. And as silly as that sounds, that's a theme that just continues and continues and continues where we're just fascinated by this idea that there was a previous age that was ruled by something that wasn't us and that would have absolutely killed us. Yeah, like yeah. we would not survive if we were in this world. One, because it was fucking 40 degrees, but also because of these giant beasts. It's 40 degrees sometimes here. Yeah, but it was 40 degrees on a cool day. Nice. Balmy, fucking balmy. Yeah, it was degrees. really, really hot. But I mean, like... There's a quote from this guy. So this is... Ex- no, it's not this one. No, it's not this book. It's Give like, me the other one. Throw that book away. <laughs> That's your book. Give this me this book. <laughs> this Thank one. you. It's about paleontology. So. Boria Sachs. <laughs> That's the author, not the <laughs> author, not a name of a dinosaur. Why we love fear and are utterly enchanted by dinosaurs. Why we love fear. Why we love <laughs> fear and, and are also enchanted by dinosaurs. Um... So here's a lovely quote here. It's like, we use animals as ideas to amplify and enlarge aspects of ourselves, turning them into simple safe harbors for things we feel and often cannot express. I think that's a thing that really applies to kids, I think that. Yeah. Dinosaurs especially seem to have lived in so many senses on an enormous scale, and we seem to partake of that splendor through our association with them. Yeah. Right. We sort of like, ah, see the greatness of this ancient title. And And we're great too. Yeah, now, but also, that, where did they go? Where did they go? <laughs> Think it's about it. the horror it. of like, wow, we could just be wiped out one day. But as you said, they didn't go. Yes. They just got... They didn't know that then. They just, <laughs> they just shrunk. Ducks. They, they just, just turned shrunk. into chickens. And yeah. We eat dinosaurs. I mean, chickens, actually, I think that actually the theory is that like the, the chicken to... T- the T-Rex to chicken pipeline is a straight line. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they have the same structure. Are you okay? Yeah. They have the Can same you just structure. Imagine that was I mean and like it's I, entirely possible like one more th- <laughs> one, of th- one, one last thing I want to say about the prehistoric planet thing is they actually completely changed the vocalization right. so there's no roaring there's yeah. none of that because why would it have done that them, it's, so it's actually kind of more like a lizard bird sound and it's quite strange I, I love that you say that you know like a lizard bird <laughs> sound you know like a lizard bird <laughs> sound <laughs> knowing <laughs> that an emu makes a sound like <laughs> yeah so it's like that yeah, actually, like you know, if you want proof that birds are dinosaurs, look at a cassowary. Like, Here a cassowary. <laughs> I had this experience with a cassowary once. <laughs> this will be good. Um, in cat- captivity, thankfully, because otherwise I would not have survived to tell the tale. <laughs> have you ever seen a cassowary just beat the fuck out of a tree? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just like, fuck this tree in particular. And it's just like, ah, it's like a dude <laughs> practicing his fucking, you know, like <laughs> airboxing. It doesn't Except actually scary instead of cringe as fuck. Um, but it's like, it, it was in captivity. It was in a zoo and it was sort of like walking by the fence. And I looked at it and it looked at me. And we made <laughs> eye contact. And this is a very brightly colored creature. It's like a big, long, stretched, angry turkey. And so like... Like a velociraptor. If yeah, you it's a clever guy. And so like, if you <laughs> if you imagine that, the first thing that I imagine is it making like a clucking sound. Like a... <laughs> It's like, like a high frequency noise is what I think comes out of this this sort of colourful bird. But it looked at me and I looked at it and it went <laughs> at me and I went, fuck, I shat my pants and then I went and got new pants. Honestly, look up the sound of a cassowary. Yeah. It's fucking horrifying. Yeah. It is like the deepest growl it's you've ever sick. heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Um, T-Rexes went and cassowaries go and despite this knowledge, we have such wonder for these animals. And I was thinking about this. So you, we were talking about the Dinosaurs of Patagonia Museum exhibit we went to. Yes. Um, and the awe that we were feeling. Mm. And the museums and natural history museums, uh, I came across this really interesting idea where they're kind of a throwback to a different era of science because 
natural museums, you want to walk in and feel um, awe, the same kind of respect that you feel when you enter like a, a massive, you're meant to feel when you enter a huge cathedral or, mm. or, an, or an elaborate mosque or something. Mm. So it's from an era because museums date to um, before the scientific method era of science. Sorry, so this is from a natural, era yeah, of romantic science. and um, natural theology where it's actually literally meant to make you feel the power of God. Right. In, the, in the Western sense, you're meant to enter the space and go, look at all of God's amazing You walk creatures. in, you stand underneath the dinosaur and you go, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving aside for a moment the controversy about dinosaurs <laughs> in the Christian space. <laughs> Shut up, you dumb cunts. You fucking idiot. Mm. But yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by the fact that we've been, we have this like old idea that is kind of spiritual and it goes into how we design museums. And so, yeah, it speaks to like how long we've had this amaze, amazement at the creatures and how long we've been trying to understand them. Absolutely. And I think that like, so the paleo paleontology, which I've mentioned, is the, basically the field of study that is responsible. I say responsible. They're responsible for these dinosaurs. But they, <laughs> they, they did this. <laughs> they did it. But they are, they are the sort of experts in this field. But the interesting thing about this is... Uh, interactions with with the presence of dinosaurs with ancient creatures is ancient itself. There's an ancient history about it because in Greek and Roman, like ancient Greek and Roman times, they uncovered fossils. They uncovered these sort of bones and these remains of these giant beasts. This is where dragons come from. No shit. This is well, that's yeah. the theory at the very least. Like there, because China in particular is really, really like. Um, prolific with with dinosaur remains like it's where a yeah. lot of fossils are okay uh, and then and also, also yeah. in in europe and stuff there's certain sections where there is quite a lot of dinosaurs as well and there is this sort of fun correlation between like the dragon dragon myth. like yeah. basically trying to figure out what the fuck these bones are yeah. especially because so apparently in a lot of i mean at least in the western dragon myths like beowulf was one of them um that like uh the dragon is from a different age. It represents an old order, which is being over and uh, overthrown and destroyed the in same, the nature of, yeah. of, of liberation of, of humans. So it's exactly the same theme. Also, uh, because bones in, like, say, in the Western dragon case, bones are often found in caves. That's why dragons are often put in caves oh. holding gold. They were wow. thought to live because they would have just found this massive skull. I mean, yeah, yeah. like imagine finding like the skull of a T Rex. It's fucking huge, and, and going yeah. trying to figure out what the fuck that is. Mm. It wasn't just dinosaurs as well. They sometimes they'd find like a skull of a woolly mammoth or something. Yeah, <laughs> and they wouldn't know what it was, so they they create a mythical beast. Yeah, so they they sort of used. And they also used it a lot in their spirituality as well. So they basically used it as evidence for their for their the truth of their spiritual existence. And then from the Middle Ages to the 1700s, they were considered works of the devil. So we're just going to move past that. That's fun. Um, and then in the 1700s, 17- whose turn is it for that now? You know yeah. what I mean. And then the 1700s, this is where you get the formal science of paleontology. So the question is, what is paleontology? I know you're all asking and wondering. Paleontology is the study of the history of life on Earth. That is what it is. Okay. Yeah, because I just I hear paleontology and I'm just like it's dinosaurs. But it's not because there are so many subspecializations and I've got a list of them. So let's let's, let's fucking go. So paleontologists define themselves by two to three different um, sort of definitions uh, categories: the time period they look at. So are they looking at the Jurassic, Triassic, Cretaceous, that sort of thing, Denevian, whatever it is, and then. What are they actually looking at? Mm-hmm. So this is the subdiscipline. So you've got vertebrate paleontology. So that's backbones, anything with a backbone. So that includes dinosaurs. It includes plesiosaurs. It includes 
all of that sort of stuff. All those wacky fellas. Invertebrate paleontology. So this is the mollusks, the corals, the crabs, the sponges. Mm-hmm. We don't talk to them. We don't <laughs> like them. No, they're fine. Um, they're actually really useful for reconstructing the oceans. They're really integral for understanding prehistoric oh, okay, oceans. Right. Paleobotany, fucking Laura Dern. <laughs> Laura Dern. Ancient the plants. Actress <laughs> the, the character actress. in Jurassic Park. Yes, the Laura, actress, Dern, Laura Dern, the paleobotanist. <laughs> renowned paleobotanist. And so this is coming from impressions of plants left on rocks. You've got paleoecology, paleoclimatology. There's the Judean people's front and the yes. people's front of Judea. Yeah, so ecology, These climatology. These do not get along. <laughs> well, they sometimes don't. Um, so ancient environments, ancient climates. That's something that has had some really rapid advancement because of an integration of really awesome technology. Uh-huh. Micropaleontology, which is just like looking at tiny fossils. That's fun. It's kind of cute. Um, and then paleogeology. Paleogeology. Which is just looking at the rocks themselves. Right. Why would that be paleo? Because they're looking at old rocks. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought that's <laughs> isn't isn't all rock old? <laughs> like really? When the grand scheme no. of time? Yeah, I guess the grand scheme. Yeah, I suppose. So there are volcanic eruptions happening now. Making all kinds of new yeah. rocks. There are rocks that are younger than me. <laughs> so can I ask, yes. out of all of those subsets, yeah. who are the jocks and who are the nerds? Oh and who are the, if we if we if this the whole conversation was like an 80s college movie. Paleovertebrates would be the jocks. Really? Because yeah, they I mean, look they're, at the dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Fun stuff, the yeah. nerds would probably be either the invertebrate um, or paleobotanist. Yeah, I was going to say that. And then like the sort of like the people who, who are just the alternative a- cool kids. You so know, if we're probably the micropaleontologists. Slytherin. We're not <laughs> we're doing, not doing it. it. We're not How doing dare this. You? But okay, so the core thing that Klingons, you need to know. Falcons. I'm happy to go with that. Yeah. The, the key thing to understand with paleontologists is that they are essentially evolutionary biologists because they're looking at the origin and development and change over time of life. And quite a lot of them... So there's also paleo... So paleontologists, there's some of them that look at literally the beginning of the origin of life. They're looking at the microorganisms well, that would have existed on the, the floor in of a the different sea eon. in a different time. Yes, they want to know. They're not like... People like me who are, have reached fuck it stage. Fuck it. There was super fuck it stage of geological so time. So I think another thing that's important. There was super, now there's Trumpy boys. Now there are dudes. Now there's politics. Okay. The <laughs> other thing we should probably clarify is what the fuck is a fossil? What is a fossil? Yeah, I actually don't know this. So uh, and I'm a fossil. Afraid to ask. Uh, is broadly defined as the remaining impression of a plant, animal, or organism which is at least 10,000 years old preserved or replaced by rock material. So, I want to clarify something. The bones that you see are not actually the bones. They're hollow. They're replaced by rock. Yes. Because they are impressions of the past. Interesting. Because they couldn't actually exist because bones do decay after a time. They decay, yeah. And so... What you're seeing of these of these organisms is the slow process of fossilization where sediment is essentially slowly kind of like there's certain conditions that need to happen. They need to be covered by sediment very quickly. So sediment is either sand, seafloor, lava, tar, and then the minerals seep into the remains and it becomes fossilized. And so that what happens is there's a mineralization of the bone that happens. And right. so the bone then becomes rock. Um Soft body organisms, so plants, um, anything that was from the invertebrate paleontology, 
they don't preserve as well because there's no hard bits that can stay hard for a very long time because this process takes a long time. Right. Which is why everything has to be 10,000 years old or more. And also why like some materials would fossilize better than others. Yes. I see. Mm. So bones last, so we have really good bone records. Plants require them to be kind of trapped in between rock and then like it decays, it's like slows the decay process. So you get the impression left by the fern yeah. or the or the leaf yeah. or whatever. So um, they're far less. They're far less common. Yeah. And the same with a lot of the they're invertebrates. More improbable. Yeah. You also have um and this is how they managed to find out the pigments of the feathers and the fact that they were feathered in the first place, is because the capsules preserved really well and they've actually left impressions. And they've left like residues in the fossils. So the capsules being where the feather fits into the dinosaur. No, where the, the color the the color of the feather. Oh, okay, the, right. The yeah, melan so. the melanin. And so what you have is you have you can either have bones, like I said, or you can have fully articulated ones. And this whole process takes so long, and it doesn't always work because mm. if the if it's not covered by sediment really quickly, it'll just decay. And gotcha. there's nothing that's going to keep it. And that's assuming that the where it's being fossilized is being still, right? Yes. Like, and that's rather than being like an, an earthquake or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you also have um, something called trace fossils. And I think that the Queensland Museum has a depiction of this where it's, it's more about, tr it's like tracks. So it's not the bones. It's not like the impression. It's like footprints that have been preserved. Oh, yeah. Like those fossilized beaches. Where yes. you can see there was a whole herd of iguanodon moving. Yeah, through the, here. Yeah. That's tight. Yeah, and so and the other the other thing is um coprolites, which is just essentially fossilized dung. Yeah, right. Super useful in yeah. determining the diet of animals. Yeah, wow. Um and at what point in this process of fossilization do we reach a conservative boom of value? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, I would say that it would be somewhere between five and 10,000 years. Okay, yeah, right. That's, that's what a, I would gotcha. probably put it. There's, there's a, also, I just want to make a quick note. There's also these things called pseudofossils. Basically, they look like fossils, but they're not. They're just, they're just ore. They're just mineral deposits. <laughs> just mineral deposits. Just like, don't don't it look like a bone to you? <laughs> yeah, but essentially- <laughs> looks like a bone to me. It's what happens is you will occasionally get like branching patterns of minerals within like sedimentary rock that look like plants, but it's just magnesium oxide. Like it's nothing. Yeah. And people get really, really like annoyed when you tell them this is something. So this is from the book. <laughs> I've got this great book, which I'm just reading for fun now. Citation voice. I'm, I'm don't do a citation voice. Uh, Roy Plotnick, explorers of deep time, paleontologists in the history of life. He speaks about um, the, the challenge of telling somebody that what they think is a fossil is not a fossil. Um, and the, um, yeah, the the sort of kindness that you have to employ. But yeah, people get really you know what it's attached. Great. You know what? It's really great. It's beautiful. Yeah, like it I'm so really glad that you're nice. passionate about this. Yeah, and I, ad I admire your wherewithal and your mm. chutzpah. You got, you got spunk. Yeah, and this, this book but actually- But it ain't a fucking fossil, my guy. And this book has been really useful for kind of looking at the way that the kind of science has changed over time. So as I was saying, like the more we know about these dinosaurs- the better the depictions are, the better the better we have an understanding of this past. Mm. And there's been certain um, developments that have allowed us to sort of get deeper, deeper, deeper understanding. So one of them is like modern tools, which allow us to actually see the inside of fossils without having to crack them open. So like x-rays, CT scanners, electron microscopes, they allow us to get access to 
the inside structures, detailed surface sort of um, topography. So we can see like that's how we got like skin texture. Right. Um, some of the spectroscopy also lets us determine sort of ratio isotopes of certain carbon and oxygen molecules, which allow us to determine temperature, which allow us to determine salinity, which allow us to determine yeah, wow. all of these other really, really amazing things. Um, there was another one that I really liked. Oh, looking at the enamel of the teeth of these dinosaurs and right. breaking that down and seeing the presence of carbon-14 versus carbon-16 allows us to know what kind of plants they were eating and what plants Holy existed. Yeah, this sort of reminds me as well that, like, the, the sort of actual behaviour of the animals is the bit that's really, really hard because you just basically have to hypothesise from the facts you have about... Yeah, like, where were you they? Can gather. What was around them? What is their hip structure like? How many bones have you found together? Like, one of the weird things we saw last night of, like, the Triceratops going into this cave yeah, to get this clay... Yeah, they portrayed Triceratops going, a herd going into a cave because they needed to eat the clay on the walls. To, to neutralise the toxins of the, the plants that they were eating. So I'm like, the only reason... <laughs> Just don't eat those. Yeah. But the, to, the, the only reason... That's dumb. <laughs> the only reason they would depict that is if they found bones of they Triceratops in a deep cave system because, yeah, like, and that's wild. So talk about evidence of behaviour. There's an amazing fossil that I came across on the internet, not mm. in real life. That would have been cool. <laughs> you stumbled on um, a fossil. <laughs> Ow! Um, and it's called it's Fighting... Just Scott Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting Dinosaurs. Uh, it's called Fighting Dinosaurs and it is was discovered in Mongolia because in Mongolia they've got, because of something to do with the geology there, there's am amazingly intact, complete fossils. Um, and so this is a fossil that shows a velociraptor and a protoceratops um, locked in battle. So everybody take a look. Everyone take a look at the image. Fighting dinosaurs in Togragin Shirei. In the Gobi Desert. Desert. 1971. So it's incredible because it's so dynamic. So they're literally mid-battle with and, each other. And they die. And they die. So And then in such a way that they were fossilized. So they think that they were suddenly covered when a dune collapsed or something on them. Mm. Right. Okay. So yeah, they died together. In the desert. In wow, the desert, yeah. Magic. Heck. How That's incredible so is sick. that? That's unreal. That's it. Well, it's like the um, it's like the the amazing fossil which they actually replicated in Walking with Dinosaurs of the plesiosaur giving giving birth to the young, which is how they figured out that they give birth oh, it tail. Yeah, it was like a sort of fishy reptile. It, was a fishy. it wasn't like a plesiosaur. It wasn't a plesiosaur. Yeah. It was a fish, but like there's this uh, fossil remains of this baby coming out like it's the the bones of the baby halfway out of the mother tail first yeah but they they clearly died and they died like that and were fossilized like that and that's how they discovered that these one they give birth to live young yeah and that they like are birthed dinosaurs. tail first insane and like, insane and it's like it's also like so obviously that technology helps paleontologists move forward but also just more and more and more discovery mm. more and more Un unveiling of bone structures. Like, so the Patagotitan was not discovered until recently, wasn't it? It wasn't Yeah, like it was the last, like, 10 years. Yeah. And again, the, the sort of recent-ish development of the idea of looking at history and looking at um, dinosaurs in particular with a scientific view rather than a romantic view. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's not just about vibes anymore, man. Yeah, because it's like, we're talking about dragons the, and the fact that a lot of myths have been informed by skeletons. Mongolia, because they have so many complete skeletons, especially of certain animals like Protoceratops. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's called Protoceratops. Is it like the original Ceratops? It's I don't know. OG Ceratops. Um, but they were, they were really quite small. They weren't much bigger than a Velociraptor. So they're sort of like a, 
donkey size maybe. I don't know. They weren't, they weren't as big. They don't, they're not like a triceratops. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of really valid speculation that the myth of the griffin is based on it. On the protoceratops. Because a griffin has like, it's like a lion's body. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bird's head? Yeah, but the bird's head with beak. Right. Oh, and yeah, Sometimes with ears oh, yeah. that work like, much like a crest. Um, but then it's got wings and shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that this, if you have a look at this image here, if you... Guys, there's so many, so many images. images <laughs> we will put them online. You can see that, like, that the, the sort of shield structure of the skeleton yeah, okay, could have right. been interpreted as wings as because wings. some drawings of a griffin have their wings closer to the, to the yeah, head. Yeah, they're more like the back here. So okay. the griffin, because of trade... Um, this was a myth that originated in Mongolia and migrated to Greece. Interesting. Where we enters the Western imaginary. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking sick. Yeah, and I think that was something that like I sort of knew but didn't really fully come to terms with about the fact that like we for a long time have been trying to interpret this time period and trying to get a sense of our relationship to these great beasts that we uncover that are that are in the in the ground in rock mm. and there's so many different ways we've decided to sort of classify them and even relate to them and one of them is through kind of mythology the other one is through the devil and then more recently trying to really go maybe the they maybe these are animals and we need to really relate to them like animals and we need to treat them with the same sort of care rather than make them beasts rather than do the godzilla thing mm-hmm. let's let's actually go hey maybe they maybe they're just a bunch of dudes like maybe they get sad like one of the things that was <laughs> no, but seriously, one of the one why of, would that be the fucking why? Like maybe we just would, want more ways. Maybe they would be upset to make dinosaurs upsetting. They, yeah, like <laughs> to well, think the, about the amount of the amount of like pathos that they've put into the depiction in prehistoric planets, especially with the pathosaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Apathosaurus. Apathosaurus. Hey, go on, guys. No. I hate it. Just checking Thank in. You. How are you? But I, I just think, think it's really beautiful. We should talk about how we get from an understanding of dinosaurs and when we actually start calling them that. Um, but before then, before then, um, I want to talk about the first... Wait, are you hoping that I'm going to be able to do that? Because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. <laughs> listen. I think they're um, listening. Of the first time that a dinosaur was technically named. Oh. So this happened when... Um, so, like, just for context, in the 1840s is when we have uh, the sort of first naming of dinosaurs, um, and they were based off the animals Iguanodon and Megalosaurus, which are technically... Um, they're both a genus or genera, which is apparently the plural of genus. But um, that's what they were based off originally. Um, but hundreds of years earlier, they were naming something which they didn't know what it was in the West. So the first fossil which was illustrated and described in Western science was the femur of what we now know is a megalosaurus. Uh, and this was in 1676. And so it was sent to this chemist, for some reason, uh, Professor Robert Plot. Of Oxford. Where's the fucking smart guy? We gotta fucking send it to the smart guy. And he was like, okay, well, this I reckon this is an elephant. Clearly, this isn't something that's alive in Britain today, so it must be from a long time ago. I'm gonna say it was a Roman war elephant. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna say it was actually a giant human, because the Bible mentions giant humans, so they must have been real. Um and <laughs> then praise the Lord. Later, about a hundred years later, 1763, Richard Brooks releases a natural history book. Um which provides arguably the first species name ever, which was Scrotum humanum. That's amazing. 
Uh, scrotum yeah. humanum, so named because he was looking at the drawing of the femur, where right. it's got the two nubbins at the bottom, scrotum and he humanum. said that looks like a ball sack. He, so the f- <laughs> and so he named it. He named it it's, that. It's a ball sack lol. <laughs> it's a dragon. How about dragon these nuts? Is fucking. It's the joke of like he just called it the man bag. Like that's. The- <laughs> okay, here's the problem. So that was in 1763. <laughs> that was in 1763, and then in the 1820s, like uh, it was the first D's nuts joke. Megalosaurus. <laughs> it was named. Megalosaurus, but the problem is, is according to the International Code of Zoological Nomenclature, you can't just call something nomenclature. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) The name that's earlier has priority over any later names. Oh, nice. So technically speaking, a Megalosaurus was called the Ballback. That Scrotum Humanus. (laughs) But they had to go as far as having a rule for this sort of thing. So the, the, the International Code of Zoological Nomenclature created a rule that said names not used after 1899 can be discounted as forgotten names simply because we cannot call it Ballsack. Like, we just can't call the dinosaur the, that. The first name takes precedence, bracket, unless it's a joke about balls. Guys, we were so, close bracket. We were so close to calling it Scrotum Humongous. Like, <laughs> we're that close. We're the, like, just like a the couple of letters away from Scrotum Humongous. I'm so fucking here from it. So, so when amazing. they eventually did, Western Science did name the Dinosauria group, um, the guy who behind it, his name escapes me right now, unfortunately, I didn't write it down, but created um, the Crystal Palace Park dinosaurs. Crystal Palace Park, which you can still go to in London, um, has got like some of the first like bigger. Uh, you know, like the ones at the museum where you play around with the dinosaurs and you can climb them. Yes. Um, except they look like derpy big lizards. Right. Um, and in fairness, so that you've got like a, like a megalosaurus there, which is we now know is like looks completely different to that. I'm not even sure it's quadrupedal. Right. Um, <laughs> but it was just like four legs and this sort of derpy libby lizard with a stubby face. Just dragging a fucking set of nuts. <laughs> Massive balls on the back of this. This is a children's exhibit. And in fairness, (laughs) (laughs) your mother and I. (laughs) You need to cease. You need to cease. It was like a femur and a couple of vertebrae, and they were like, "I can make a lizard out of this." Yeah. (laughs) And so they made something which is ostensibly not a megalosaurus, and it's still there. You can go see it. Thing is, is the Crystal Palace Park dinosaurs were an absolute roaring success. Right. And everybody loved them. Because everybody loves dinosaurs they're for reasons sick. that are not easily expressed. I mean, I do feel like a dinosaur exhibit pulls a lot of people, right? Like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an actual delight. Well, when, when we went to that museum exhibit, by the end of it, I was running around like a child. We had to feel. <laughs> like, we had a little stuff. Oh yeah, so this exhibit, right? They had these booklets at the things, which were for the kids, obviously. So, uh, semantic of them. Um, and Naturally. They yeah. were like this really cute little yellow Your notebook. Your little field like notes. Field notebook. So to be an arch- paleontologist. Be an oh, cute. And with a little pencil. And um, Samantha was um, not happy that you didn't f- uh, f- finish every page. There was I one didn't. page that was stuck together that you didn't see. It. How dare you? I'm you picturing you guys the- running around this exhibit like Jack Skellington <laughs> learning about Christmas. Like, oh, what's this? What's this? It's really fucking big. <laughs> <laughs> and this one has forward-facing eyes. Oh, my God. The Carnotaurus is so fucking scary. Forward-facing eyes. But, yeah, it was, I mean, and it was just, it was so wonderful. And I think mm. dinosaurs is something that, like, even adults can kind of reconnect with their like wide-eyed childlike yeah, wonder because yeah. they are so magnificent and unknowable. And alien. And, and there's alien. something so amazing about seeing them new again. 
Yes. You know, with new discoveries and you go to a new exhibit or you see a new some documentary. Because Patagonian titans yeah. are recent Recent. Very recent. Yes. Like I think some of them that were on display at this exhibit were some of the first times they had been displayed. Yeah. It was like, guys, new dinosaur just dropped. Yeah, well, like, literally. Like, literally. Get amongst Come see it. It's well, the biggest also, creature to have ever lived. The other really interesting thing about displaying dinosaurs and the way that that developed is if you go to a natural history museum that was around like a while, been a while. Yeah. A lot of the ones that are on display are actual fossils because yeah. they would have no problem with just drilling into these things. Yeah, right. But then you sort oh, of, God. there's like an age then of, of exhibitions where they were cast. They were like, yeah, they were yes. just recreations. But now because they've recently been discovering a lot of dinosaurs, if you go to like a brand new exhibit, sometimes they are just the fossils because they figured out ways to like connect them without drilling. Right. Um, so, like there is like a pretty fair chance that the thing that you might be seeing You're when you walk into it, there'll be a real fossil. But even there. so, even if it's not part of the construction, they have, have them under glass. They will and have them like there, yeah. and that's the thing that fills you with awe. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Really, is the awe that you feel of something that is not only so, like much more massive than you physically, yeah. but something that feels so much more massive in in an almost spiritual sense, like something that is so much greater than us because it is this thing that is un... Like, from try and think about a million things. You can't. <laughs> it's like immeasurably long ago from your own perspective and immeasurably large and immeasurably alien to you that it, it creates this kind of feeling of humility not to mention that the the mystery mm. surrounding extinction events creates this kind of sense of wonder and also humility again of like this could happen again. It's happened multiple times. Maybe not in our lifetimes, but there could literally be another extinction event. And that kind of mystery and wonder and the kind of like uh, horror of that creates a whole new universe. It's like when you're a kid and you find out that the sun's going to fucking eat the earth someday and you have this massive existential thing. <laughs> like it is thinking about something that is big. Something that is beyond us. And I, I think that's the kind of, again, the, the childlike wonder and majesty of dinosaurs. And, and that's something that all of us, at least the three of us around this table, um, carry with us today, like even now, which you probably picked up on because of how passionately <laughs> we've been talking about this the whole time. Guys, I hope you've had fun. I've definitely had fun. And I think, the, the, like, if I had one piece of advice for you, Again, listener out there, if you discover a new species, if it's you that discovers it, the best thing that you can possibly do, the best addition to human understanding that you can provide is to name it after a ball bag. <laughs> I think, that's, I think it's, it, it, is, it is essential for us to take that on board, okay? That is the future of human discovery. And I want us to never lose that sense of wonder and sense of humor about nuts. <laughs> Thanks for all your sterling work, guys. I'm sorry to derail so many fucking times this episode, but it was necessary. I'm excited. It's good stuff. You can't help it, can you? I can't. You know what? It, it's entirely likely, guys, that we'll come and revisit this topic at some point because there's so much more to talk about, <laughs> and I hope we do. But again, for now, it is time for us to say goodbye. It's goodbye from me and these two Sams. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care of each other, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>